count. How long are you going to live? At best, about 80, 85 years. So you can count your days. But the important thing that he writes in that psalm is to learn what counts. And Paul says it in Ephesians, what counts? The opportunities that God gives you. I mean, time is not in stuff and things because you can run out of stuff and things. We've seen people in the Gulf states lose all their stuff and things, but they still have time. They still have life. But when you run out of time, it doesn't matter if you have a lot of stuff and things. You're dead and you're done. So you're out of time. So life is not stuff and things. It is these God-given opportunities. So what is the best way? What are the lessons that we must learn? to leverage our time to capture the opportunities because that's really what life is. It can be looked at as seasons of life. And I talked to my, uh, my college students going off. You're going to go off to college. You're going to think college is going to last forever. It doesn't. It's just a season. How do you seize these moments when you're in college? Then in your 20s, when you're singles, how do you capture that season of your life? Then early married, uh, young kids, teenagers, then into you know, your 40s, then into your 50s, and on. How do you capture every season? Because the danger is to think that this season lasts forever. There are unique opportunities, and a wise person understands that the nature of time is that there are certain God-given opportunities for this season. How do you capture, how do you seize the moment? So five lessons about time. These just make sense because they come out of Proverbs. You go, of course, but they are great reminders. And this is what I said to my son as we went through West Texas. First one is there is a compounding value to investing small amount of time in certain activities. These are those unique opportunities. So there, it's a compounding value to investing small amounts of time over a long period of time. Now we know this, right? In exercise, you exercise, you know, three, four times a week for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, and you do that every week, week after week. There is a compounding nature to exercising. It has great value to you in your life. If you spend time in your marriage and you invest a little bit of time every day in your marriage, it has a compounding effect. If you invest, if you're single, into relationships, people that you value, compounding effect. Parents, with your kids, you invest a little time every day, it has a compounding effect. Certain activities, because they are those unique opportunities in life, they have, very, they, they have value. There's a compounding effect when you do something in their life. They enrich you. Here, the opposite is true. The observation, there is little value in any one deposit. So you go out and you exercise one time for the year, 30 minutes. Any value in that? No, it doesn't help you at all. Just hurts you a whole lot. Uh, you know, you, you, you eat one day of the year. You, you know, you eat right for one day of the year. The rest of the day, you know... Does that do anything? No. You treat your wife or your spouse nice one day. Not going to work. All right? Doesn't, doesn't do anything. Nice to your kids one day. You know, all right, there's a compounding effect. Secondly, neglect has a compounding effect. Now, in the first one with my son, one of the things I talked to him about, what has a very compounding effect in college? Studying. A little bit of time each day, very good. See, the dangerous thing is that they watch kids cram for tests and they think, hey, you know, I can get away with it. You can't get away with it. Much better. Neglect has a compounding effect, right? In your marriage, you neglect your marriage for a long period of time. It has a compounding effect. You'll end up 
you know, divorce. With your kids, you neglect them over a long period of time, it has a compounding effect. Uh, your friends, you neglect them if you're single, has a compounding effect. Your health, if you don't exercise and you just eat a lot over a long period of time, you'll have a lot to show for it. You'll become very big, very neglect, has a compounding effect, and we understand that. Missing any single installment, that's the next word, single installments, rarely has immediate consequences. And that's just true, right? You exercise regularly, you exercise three, four times a week, you do it every week. If you miss one time of exercise, no big deal. You know, you don't come home for dinner, and so you don't get a time with your kids one time, no big deal. You miss one date night with your spouse, no, no big deal. Uh, you miss uh, one uh, quiet time with the Lord, no big deal. Miss one opportunity to serve, no big deal. You know, miss, miss one time with your small group, no big deal. Uh, that's why we miss things, you know, because it's not a one time, no big deal. The next one, there is no compounding value, no leverage value to urgent things. And this is the big one. Now, we want to deny this. <laughs> we want to pretend that we can get around it. But there is just no compounding value to doing urgent things. So let me show you this. Lots of you last, oh, say, January decided you were going to get in shape, all right? There, I bet you there's a few of you that didn't do it, all right? Now, if I would say to you, you didn't exercise since January, didn't do it, what did you do instead of exercise? What would you say? Uh, I read the paper, I got up, I uh, answered a few messages, uh, I went to breakfast with a friend three times, uh, I, I cleaned the kitchen, I piddled around, all right, and you go, all right, take all those things that you did over the course of the last months. What's the value to your life? On a scale of 1 to 10, 0 being low, 10 being high, what's the value of the things that you did instead of exercise? A little courage here. <laughs> 0, 1, 2, all right? Very low, all right? No compounding effect, didn't do it. If you would have exercised three, four times a year, I mean three or four times a week for the last, you know, eight, nine months, what would be the value in your life to that? 9, 10. See, there is no compounding effect to urgent things. They don't leverage. They don't bring value. They just waste your life away. And that's the problem. They just, the season is gone. Let's talk about being home for dinner with your family. What, you know, if you don't do that, I, you know, what, why don't you do that? Well, I have to work late. I got a conversation with my friends. Uh, you know, golf, you know, those last two holes are really important to get my golf cart in. I've got to, you know, and, and you just take all the things that you do instead of get home. What's the value of those things? Eh, one, two, you know, really over the course of a year as opposed to being home with your family. One of the things that I realized when my kids were in junior high, this is like you know, years ago, I realized that all the things that we did between 6 and 7 o'clock had no value. Things I did, my kids were doing. And so what I did is I said, we're going to have dinner as a family five days a week. Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night. If you're not here for dinner, you have to clean the kitchen by yourself the next night. If I'm not here for dinner, I'll clean the kitchen by myself, which really changed my life right there. And, <laughs> and I said, and if you're late, you have to clean the kitchen. And so we would sit down for dinner, and this is how it would go. Boys, you know, would sit down. Lori would make the dinner. We'd sit down at 6 o'clock. By 6.05, food consumed. 
And they're sitting there going, okay, what are we going to do? And they would have to sit and talk to me for the next, until, you know, for 45 minutes, which, I mean, I thought, you would have thought they would have quit. But that we did this eight years, and they just fought every night for every, it's like, what are we going to do? I have to say, and I have to come up with creative games, and I force them, and then the last 15 minutes, we'd clean the kitchen unless somebody missed the night before. And we did that, you know, whole season, did that eight years of our life. And you know what I missed? Nothing. I missed nothing. There wasn't anything between six and seven for those whole eight years that I would trade for that. There is no leveraging to urgent things. Same thing in your quiet time. You don't do a quiet time. You go, I intended to read the Bible. I want to spend time with God. What are you doing instead of it? I'm reading the paper. I'm doing it. What's the value of it? There is no compounding value to urgent things, all right? And then here's the the last one that is most painful. In critical areas of life, we cannot make up for lost time. Now, there is something in us that just absolutely denies this, and we want to go, no, no, I can make up for lost time. (laughs) Okay? So what do you do? You have an exercise for, you know, six months. You feel really bad about it, so you go out and run a marathon. You, you, sign, you, know, you do all three aerobic classes. You, know, you, just, you just go out and you, you beat yourself up. What happens? You're really sore, and so you don't exercise for the next three months. And it did you no good. It probably harmed you. You, know, you don't eat dinner with your kids. So you go, that's it. I heard the message. It's time to eat dinner tonight. Four dinners. We're going to four different restaurants. We're going to take time. We're going to catch up for all the lost time. Does it work? You know, all of a sudden, your marriage is falling apart. Honey, that's it. We're going to go away, you know, for one weekend. We haven't been together, you know, for five years. We're going to make up for lost time one weekend. Honey, it's going to be great. Doesn't work. You cannot, in the important areas, in your marriage, in your spiritual life, with your friends, with your kids, with everything that is important, your relationship with God, there is no making up for lost time. You know what the best thing that I get to look at? With my four boys, none of them are at home. They don't live with me anymore. I am done with the season of sitting down at dinner time with my kids. I have no regrets because I fought it out for eight years. We ate dinner five nights a week. I don't have the chance anymore. It's gone. That season of my life, over. But during that season, I captured the time. And I took, you know, and it was leverage and compounded. But there is no making up. I don't get to go back now and go, hey, everybody, back here at the home. They're gone. You cannot make up for lost time. Now, there is that value to saying, you know, but from here on out, I'm going to, and I, you know, that's right. That's a good thing. And sometimes you can go, you know what, I'm going to power up and I'm going to not only do the here on out, but I'm going to do the extravagant things right now to get the ball rolling. And that's great. But it's naive to believe that you can make up for lost time. So God says in his word, Do not live as an unwise person, but live as wise. Making the most of this unique time. What season are you in? If you're a college student, what are the unique opportunities to study, to learn, invest a little bit of time, leverage with friends, you know, developing character, develop your spiritual life, a little time with God, a little time with family and friends, investing in your wife, investing in dating if you're single. All of these things is valuable because it has a compounding effect. Neglect has the same compounding effect. So you're in this season and your father says, be wise. Make the most of this time. So the question is, what is the wise thing for me to do in light of the season 
I'm in. And in light of my future hopes and dreams, what I want, what is the wise thing for me to do? And to say, you know what, I'm going to start doing these things. So on your outline, right there, look at what it says. Uh, I'd like you to write in, relationally, what would be a wise thing for you to do? Physically, if you're already doing something, you're exercising, just write, yay me, you know, I'm exercising. I don't need to do that one. Uh, physically, professionally, spiritually. And as you write that, I'm going to tell you a fun story from Texas, all right? Now, you've got to keep writing. If you stop writing, I'm not telling you this story. This story is the story I told my sons in West Texas to illustrate what I think are some really wise people that I've met in Texas that understand the nature of time and what really counts and how to use time. When we go back to Texas every year, one of the things that we do is we have dessert every night. Surprised I don't come home like 800 pounds. They have bluebell ice cream in Texas. It's the best ice cream I've ever had. I know, Haagen-Dazs, great, all that stuff. If you've ever had bluebell, you know it's the best ice cream in the world. And they have all sorts of homemade desserts because back in Texas, people only make homemade things. And so we have dessert all the time. But there is a single best dessert I've ever had in my life, and it is from the Wimberley Pie Company, which is just north of San Marcos in Texas. It's about an hour's drive from where we are, and people in Texas do not buy baked goods because they bake them, but they buy these pies. Now, the problem with the Wimberley Pie Company is that the people that run it and work it only work three and a half days. They are open Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and half day Friday. And the other problem is they only make so many pies on a given day, and when they sell those pies, they close. So there are times on even Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they're done by 11 o'clock because they've sold their pies, which is a very frustrating thing to me as a Californian because I come out there, and you call them up, and you say, hey, you know, you, you know, what pies you got? They'll tell you what pies, and you go, will you save me? You know, and because we have you know, 25, 30 people, we buy six pies at a time. And these are not deals. I mean, they are the most expensive pies I've ever bought in my life. And so I say, will you save me the pies? And they say, in their beautiful Texas straw, well, we used to do that, but it just made us stay later and later during the day. <laughs> so we just sell them first come, first serve. I'll tell you what, I'll give you my credit card. If I don't show up, just put them outside. I'll just be there. Well, you know, we used to do that, but... <laughs> The day just got longer and longer, and so we don't do that anymore. I go, you know, I'm driving from an hour away. I'm here, you know, and I'm sorry, but we'll just do that. I go, will you ship them? No, we don't ship pies. We used to ship pies, but we were working. Here's their line. It ended up, we were working five, six days a week. So every time I go out there, I know the owner. It's, I have a fun relationship with him. And I, you know, I figured, you know, I'm from Orange County. I'm around a lot of business people. He just doesn't understand business. So... <laughs> I come up to the counter and I buy, you know, the six of pies. And I said, you know, if you would just uh, make more pies on a given day, you know, you'd sell more pies, you'd make more money. <laughs> what would I do with more money? <laughs> so, well, you could go to, you could go places. He goes, I already go every place I want to go to. I go, well, you'd have more time off. I already get all the time off I want. <laughs> and I go, why don't you hire other people and train them? Well, I used to do that. But I was working five, six days a week to train these people and then make them more pies and stuff. It just didn't make sense. I just want to work three and a half days. I go, but if you did it, you'd have more customers, more customers, more business, make more money, you know, and get back. And he goes, 
Why would I want to make more money? And I'm sitting there just so frustrated that this guy won't work more hours. I buy the last six pies. It's 11 o'clock. He closes the door, and he goes home for the day. And I'm going, what's wrong with him? Doesn't he understand life? <laughs> you call up, and if they're not there, this is what their message machine will say. This is the Wimberley Pie Company. We're on vacation. Yeehaw! And they hang up. <laughs> they don't tell you when they left, and they don't tell you when they're getting back. They just are not there. And I'm just going, give me a break. So you don't ever know. You're calling up. You're driving there, and everybody gets there early because when they sell out, it's gone. And they have a line when it opens up, and they sell their pies, and they're gone. They are the best pies in the world, but you can't get their pies. I've tried to call them up. I know them. I laugh. Hey, it's Ken. It's California. You know, will you just ship me some pies? It's my birthday. We're having a big birthday. You know, Ken, we used to ship pies. <laughs> Uh, we were working five, six days a week. And if I did it for you, I'd have to. And I'd be working five, six days a week. And it just goes there. They have an email site. I know some of you hyper-diligent think that you'll beat the system. So you'll go to their email site, and this is what you'll find. This is Wimberley Pie Company. We tried to figure all this stuff out with a new computer and everything. And we got too many emails, and we couldn't answer them all. And it was just making us work five, six days a week. <laughs> so we don't pay attention to this anymore. Paul says it this way, don't live as fools, but live as wise, making the most of the days, most of the opportunity that God gives you, because the days are evil. Moses said, learn to count your days. Life is short. Live like wise people. Let's stand together for closing.